Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Trinity Podcast. My name is Trip Prince. I'm the pastor at Trinity Northside. And today we're going to reflect and pray and look for a few minutes at Matthew chapter 14. Our reading today includes verses 13 to 21, but I just want to read the first verse, verse 13, and then reflect on that together. Matthew says this, Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, speak to us this morning through these words. Remind us what it means to follow Jesus. Remind us how his example of both an active and contemplative life is meant to be true for us as well, that we are meant to press into these rhythms, even in chaotic and remarkable times, and to find our life and our peace in an abiding relationship with you. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, it feels in some ways incredibly cliche and even hollow to say this, but as I sit here today looking at the events of the last few weeks, I'm just reminded that we live in really remarkably chaotic times. Every day, I wake up and it feels in, an, in a new way, somehow more disorienting, heartbreaking, more infuriating, more exhausting, and I don't really see an end in sight. This is the life that we live. This is the world that we find ourselves in. And so it's a season, I think, for us as the church in which we're called to somehow learn to be bold and vocal and intentional in resisting systemic injustice and violence. And yet at the same time, it's a season of repentance and of grief and humility before the Lord and our neighbors. And I say that because as I sit with Jesus' words here now in Matthew 14, I am convinced, perhaps more than ever before, that Jesus gives us a living example of a life that is both engaged actively in healing and renewing and restoring the world around him, but at the same time is deeply connected to what we could call the interiority required for an abiding life with God. John chapter 10, verse 10, reminds us that Jesus came so that we might have life to the fullest. It's a very well-known and beautiful, famous verse. And I think as such, in his earthly ministry, Jesus was constantly engaged actively with the world around him. He was present to the sickness and the disease of those that he met, to the arrogance and the pride of the religious establishment of his day, frankly, of the need to usher in a new creation. And yet, as we see here today, in Matthew 14, his times of private prayer and intimacy with God were not neglected and were not unrelated to his public mission. No, they were really the very source of his life. They were the way in which he knew his work in the world was in fact an extension of the will and the mission of the Father. And so for us as his people, as we are being renewed into his likeness, I am convinced we must look to his example and do likewise. If you are like me, 
as an introvert, if you are wired as an introvert, for you, maybe times of personal prayer and devotion, interior life with God, that may come more naturally to you. I believe the witness of Jesus, if you're like me, challenges us, the introverts in our midst. It challenges us to not stay exclusively in this private place of interiority, but let instead that prayerful devotion lead us into intentional service and mission. We are filled with the life of God. We're filled with his love, not simply for ourselves so that we feel good and feel at peace or joyful, but we are filled so that we can share his love with the world around us. We are invited to be very real agents of healing and of renewal. However, if you are not wired that way, and maybe especially a word that we need to hear in this moment we find ourselves in. If you are constantly on the go, even if you are right now actively doing good things in service to Christ and his church, I think the challenge to you today is to still learn to follow Jesus's example and know how to slow down, to be present to God. In this present moment, I would simply ask, are you spending at least as much time in prayer and spiritual reading of the scriptures as you are on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever else you are using to engage these conversations, even if you're engaging in very redemptive and important and healing conversations, if those conversations are not fueled by the sustaining power and presence of God, you and I are going to grow weary and we're going to burn out and move on to the next thing simply because we're exhausted and tired and yet the world needs the church to not burn out and not simply move on because we're tired. Let me say that again, a life of service and ministry and activism and protest that isn't fueled by the Spirit's empowering presence will ultimately leave us burned out and weary and fatigued. And what the world needs now is a church that is rooted in the living presence of God, not a church that is burnt out and moving on to the next thing. Jesus found himself constantly entering into places and spaces of greater leadership, notoriety, and influence. His ministry was always active and public, and yet not once, not once does he prioritize that public ministry to the expense of his private time of rest and renewal. In fact, as you see throughout the Gospels, when his ministry reaches an all-time high and crowds are coming from all around him to be with him, just like we see today in our reading, he withdraws and he deserts into quiet spaces to pray. I think Jesus knew what we are so prone to forget. He knew that his ability to love and to serve and minister and change the world, as we say today, it was directly linked to his own attentiveness to his interior life and his relationship with the Father. And so for Jesus, retreating intentional rhythms of prayer, those are not reserved for what we might call the good times or for simpler times, for times of peace. No, Jesus does this when it's the most chaotic when he finds himself in the midst of the deepest pain and brokenness of the world. And so I believe his ability to withdraw and to pray in solitude and silence 
that's actually what enabled his ministry, his public and active ministry to be effective, to flourish and to grow. It reminded him that he was known and loved by the father and that the father delighted in him and the work that he had been given to do in the world. If you want to continue to dive deeper into some of these themes and this conversation, a book I read last year that was really helpful in this area is by a man called Alan Fadling called An Unhurried Life. And in that book, Fadling asks a really profound question. He says this, what would happen if our following Jesus included his habit of withdrawing often to give the father his full attention? I'll ask it one more time. What would happen if our following Jesus included his habit of withdrawing often to give the Father his full attention? So as we close now, I would just say, ask yourself that question today, not to the expense of the other significant questions we're asking ourselves right now as a society, as the church, as individuals, but I would say, ask that question, especially in light of them. Amen.